0: We're thankful for another beautiful Lord's Day and our opportunity and privilege to be able to assemble together and worship God. Praise His name. Our lesson this morning is entitled, Looking for Happiness in All the Right Places. We're going to be looking at several passages of scripture in the, in the Old Testament Psalms and Proverbs, so be having your Old Testaments ready and I'll give you the passages as we come to them. In 1984, our family took a vacation and we drove all the way across the United States of America so our kids could see the different parts of the country one afternoon is about two o'clock in the afternoon we were driving through Las Vegas Nevada we did not stop we just drove through we wanted our kids they were out at that time 11 and 13 years old to see what goes on out there even in the middle of the day it's amazing that the name that's given to Las Vegas is Sin City People go there looking to get rich. They spend millions,, probably billions of dollars every year. Do you realize that all those big buildings and hotels were built by losers? They took their money out there expecting to win, and the house won. And they build all those things. And people continue by the day, year after year, to go out there, to gamble their lives away trying to find that one well this, this, this is going to be the jackpot I'm going to hit it I'm going to be a millionaire and 99.9% of them walk away losers they're looking for happiness but they're looking in the wrong place we live in a world that's if I can use the term eaten up with pleasure and fame and fun and fortune we think that if we can succeed in one of those things we're going to be happy and everything is going to go all right for us. But it generally doesn't work out that way, does it? Sadly, most people that we see and know are not really content or at peace or happy in their lives. Society tries to sell us a concept that you can be happy if you're famous or rich or fortunate and you're popular and you've achieved all of these things and, and you can have all these fun, exciting things and you have all these gifts and all the entertainment you do and those things are going to give you happiness and peace and contentment. But we all learn in our lifetimes. Sometimes we enjoy some of these things and they do give us happiness for a while. But all of those things are fleeting. They come and go just like one breath at a time. We take it in and then we breathe it out. It's gone forever. And we got something out of it for that moment, but not lasting time. When we spend our lives thinking on, and if I can use the term, banking on physical things, you see we're going to lose our value. Those things are going to be forgotten, often with bad memories. Events such as illness and loss of wealth or family problems, turmoils and conflicts that we all have in our lives can fight away peace and contentment and happiness because we're looking for happiness in all the wrong places. This world does not produce those things. And we've all said, well, I would be happy if, and you fill in the blank, if I had more money, if I had more friends, if I were younger, if I were stronger, if I were better looking, I wish I had more time or money or energy or a bigger house or a better car and the list goes on and on and on and on to no end but we've all lived long enough to realize that those things are not the source of true peace and contentment and happiness again we spend too much time looking for happiness in the wrong places in our lesson this morning I want us to focus a different way let's look for happiness in the right places the Hebrew Hebrew word for happy literally means the blessing of prosperity that comes from the favor of God which he bestows upon us as his children true riches come from God isn't that maybe why David said in Psalm chapter 23 verse number 5 thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over. Why? Because God is his keeper, his shepherd, his leader, his guide. That's where David could find peace. He didn't find it particularly in slaying Goliath or being rich and famous and wealthy and proper and, and prominent because he was a king. He found it by trusting in God with all his heart, looking not to his own understanding. Let us come to appreciation this morning that if we were willing to let God be the shepherd of our lives, let Him be the one who rules and controls and leads and guides our lives, we will receive the appropriate happiness, the peace, the contentment that we desire so greatly, that means so much to us in our lives. We realize that everything in this world is of the world and will leave with this world. It's temporary. It cannot produce lasting peace. People, again, looking for it in all the wrong places. But when I look to God, I see that God is the fountain from which 10,000 blessings flow. He gives me everything I need in my life. With those thoughts in mind this morning, I want us to learn the sources of true happiness. Point number one, I will be happy if I am a child of God. You see a man who has just come out of the water grave of baptism with a smile on his face because he is now a child of God. Look with me in Psalm 144, verse number 15. Psalm 144, 15. David there says, Happy is that people... That is, in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. They have a chosen to allow God to rule their lives. What better place could I be in than that? We as parents, we bring these little babies into the world, and they trust us, they don't know anything, and we give, they, we give them everything they need. Sometimes we have to go out and be away from them for a while so what we to do? We take them to grandma and let grandma take care of them because we know that grandmother is going to provide for them everything they need to be content and happy during that period of time while we're gone. We as parents do anything and everything for our children so that we can bless them with those things. And because we're able to do that We enjoy watching them grow up. Go back to your memories if you're a parent like I am, old been a parent for many, many years. You remember that child's first smile? How excited they were when they took that first step? First time they rode the bicycle? And all those things that kept developing and growing and maturing and doing more things? That child does not know what's going to happen next day But they, again, unmistakably, put their trust in us as their parents. Because they've seen that mom and daddy are going to take care of me. They want what is best for me. And they're willing to furnish anything and everything that that child needs to grow up to be successful. As adults, it's not all that different, is it? Now, we're many years older, but we do not yet know what tomorrow will bring. It may be good, it may be bad. We have no way of knowing at this time. We do not know what Satan is going to cast against us tomorrow or next week or next year. But we do know this, that as long as we are children of God, like the parent takes care of that child, God is going to bless us and supply us. He will give us everything we need to be victorious over Satan in any and every situation in our lives that Satan may cast against us. I am so happy that I can be God's child. Let us never forget. Never let us fail to appreciate. I am a child of God. Someone who cares and supplies for me more than I could ever concept conceive of in my mind because I'm his child and he loves me that much. Again, there's no limit to what a parent will do for that child. So it is with our Heavenly Father. Point number two in our lesson this morning. I will be happy in this life if I obey God. I must obey God. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18. If you're using a pew Bible, you'll find that on page 554. Proverbs twenty-nine eighteen. The wise man says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That's the King James Version. The English Standard says something like this. Where there is no vision, they have message from God. Where there's no vision from God, the people perish. That means they literally go out of control. Can you say United States of America today? The message from God is there, but people are not accepting it. They choose to say there is no God. When that happens, the people perish. They become out of control, literally in the Hebrew language. But he that keepeth the law, he is the one who finds true happiness. I want to live according to God's will because God's will is always right. And if I do that, I can be happy in my life regardless of the circumstances of my life. Turn with me back to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you're using a pew Bible, you'll find it in the Old Testament on page 168. Deuteronomy chapter 6. These are the words that Moses spoke to the people shortly after the Ten Commandments had been given. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse number 24. And the Lord commanded us, that word Lord there, all caps is Jehovah God. Commanded us to do all these statutes to fear, reverence the Lord always, our God, for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. The Children of Israel were in the wilderness on the way to the promised land. Years of challenges and difficulties and problems. But they were commanded, follow the will of God, obey God. That is the best way to live your life in any and every circumstance or situation that you'll face in your life we need and we appreciate obedience every day don't we when you're driving down the road wouldn't it be nice if everybody obeyed the speed limit and everybody observed the lane in which to drive and not straddling down the middle or driving on the wrong side of the road or the drunk driver not even knowing or caring what he's doing Or people driving down the road and texting all this time and hope they don't run into you. You see, when we get out of the lines, we get into trouble. When we obey the laws of the land, everything goes much more smoothly for everyone. Not only us, but all those around us. When you're in school, you're much better off if you follow the directions of the teacher, aren't you? When you're working a math problem, or a chemistry problem you follow the step, step by step to obtain the correct answer or the correct product if you're building a house you can give me all the supplies to build a house you want to but I can't build a house because I don't know how to do it I haven't done it before but there are people who will take that material and follow the blueprint of the architect and put that house precisely the way it's supposed to be And it functions well. So it is. You see, obedience at any or every level of life always produces a good outcome, the desired result. So it is with God's Word. God's Word is perfect, God's never made a mistake. God knows what is right, God knows what is wrong. He knows what is best for us in our lives. Oh, most of the time we think we know and most of the time we're probably right. But oftentimes we're wrong, aren't we? Sometimes we listen to too much Satan and listen too much to the influence of the world. We realize the world is going the wrong way because of sin. But when we're willing to dedicate our lives to obeying the will of God, how much better our lives are And we can be successful at any and every level in our life. You see, God has never wanted us to do anything wrong. God gave us everything right and proper so that we could all be successful because of that. Turn with me in the New Testament to 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 1. beloved apostle there said 5.1 1 John Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten. By this we know that we, are the, that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Verse 3 so important For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. God didn't make these rules to show how strict and mean he is. He laid down these rules for us so that we could be in the realm of safety and security and protection. When I stray off the path in that math formula, Or that science project. Or driving down the road in the wrong direction. I'm headed for trouble every time. I will not obtain the proper correct answer. So it is in my life. I look at a situation. A temptation for Satan. What am I going to do here? Am I going to listen to Satan? Or am I going to decide to obey what the Word of God has to say. And if I will think through that thought before I make any decision in my life, I'm more prone to make the correct observation and thought and do the right thing, aren't I? Following the will of God. Just as the parent knows so much better than that two-year-old child what is best for that child, our Heavenly Father knows what is best for us now and forever. And that's why I can enjoy life as being a child of God and appreciate life because I do not live under a guilty conscience. My sins have been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. And from time to time when I mess up and transgress God's will as His child, I can go to Him in penitence, confess that sin, ask Him to forgive me of it, And that loving Father does precisely that. And so I continue obeying the will of God. And my life gets better every day. And it gets stronger every day. My life becomes more livable every day. And I can live in peace and contentment and joy. I do not have to live a life of regret and sorrow. Old things are passed away. I am renewed. I become new and living my life for Christ every day. Therefore, I do not have to worry about worrying about things in my life. What a way to live. Point number three concerning happiness I will be happy if I fear God. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 28, verse number 14. In the Pew Bible, it'll be on page 553. Proverbs 28 fourteen. <clears throat> if you have a concordance sometime, go to your concordance and look up the word happy. It doesn't appear the word happy in the New Testament, but it appears several times in the Old Testament. Read all those passages in the Old Testament that its happiness. Here's one of them. twenty eight fourteen of Proverbs. Happy is the man that feareth always but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief that word fear does not mean here to be afraid of the word fear in the Hebrew language means showing reverence to God respect for God who he is sometimes we sing that song I stand in awe of God can you imagine I can't But in my finite mind, I try. To that day of judgment, standing before God, I cannot describe for you what He looks like, nor can you. But reverencing Him, realizing that my life of God-likeness has been worth the while, to hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That, my friends, is why I reverence God now in this life. Follow Him. I stand in awe of Him. Appreciating who He is, what He has done in my life, what He is doing in my life, and what He will do in my life now and forever. Because I'm His child. James said it this way, James chapter 1, verse number 17. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. He comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, no shadow caused by turning. God's never made a mistake. Therefore, I can give my life over to Him completely without any doubt or reservation or wonder if I'm headed in the right direction. I will always have that fear of God. That means I have a healthy respect for God. And I appreciate the safety and the security that presents in my life. How much I have been able to eliminate difficulties and problems in my life because of my faith. And so have you. I'm glad that we have military officers and police officers. I'm glad that we have banks. I'm glad that we have traffic laws. I'm glad we had an educational system. You see, all of these things, when put to proper use, produce good results. They protect us from many of the problems and challenging situations of this world. They make life better and more livable. We understand that. That is why God's word is so absolutely essential in our lives every day. The wise man Solomon said it this way in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse number 13. Fear God. That means reverence God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And if you look in your Bible in the King James Version, that word duty does not appear in the original language. Solomon said, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the entirety of man. When I get to that point in my life, I'm the person I need to be. I've been made whole. I trust God More than anything and everything in all the rest of this world put together. That is the whole duty of man. And that should be in my life the whole challenge of my life. To live my life that way. Not scared of God. But happy to be the child of God. Just as a parent loves that child and will do anything for that child. God has done exactly the same for us. He wants us to be with him eternally. That's why he came in the as a man, as Jesus Christ in the flesh to live a perfect sinless life and then shed his perfect sinless blood for our condemned blood of sin I will fear God Point number four in our lesson this morning, I will be happy if I serve God Turn with me to John chapter 13 John chapter 13 The occasion was the Last Supper. Was it's a matter of hours. About three hours later, Judas would betray Jesus. So here's his last time to be with his disciples. John chapter 12, John chapter 13, verse number 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Again, 12 men who've worked all day, dirty, smelly feet. Jesus, the Son of Almighty God, on His hands and knees, washing those dirty, smelly feet. The disciples surely looked at Him. What's going on here? Why would you do this? He asks the question then in verse number 12. Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, here it is, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, of a truth I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. And the climax, verse number 17, "If ye know these things, underline if a you mark in your Bible, happy are ye if ye do them." Jesus said, "Go wash people's feet. At this time he did not say go preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't say go out and build church buildings. Don't give your money to the poor or whatever you do is good. Wash people's feet. Can you think of anything less desirable to do than that? No, you can't. That's exactly why Jesus gave that example. Jesus was showing, I am serving you. Now, those apostles should have washed Jesus' feet, shouldn't they? He's the Son of God. But Jesus turned it around on them to prove them what living for God is all about serving God, washing their feet. Notice there, Jesus did not say, You got to go to church, you got to pray. You've got to just go through the motions of religion. Jesus clearly pointed out for them the source of true peace, contentment, commitment, and happiness. Serving others. You get the picture here? In less than three hours, they would leave that upper room with clean feet. And they'd go out in the Garden of Gethsemane And there, one of them, Judas, whose feet Jesus washed, would turn him over to the Jews to be crucified, leading up to his death on the cross. That act of service, washing people's feet by Jesus Christ, gave you and me the opportunity and the privilege of salvation and eventually eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Folks, that shows us the true source of happiness. It can only be found in one place in Christ and in His service. There is so much more to living life and being a Christian than going to church. Living our life is a way of showing that we have been served by Jesus Christ for what he did for us. And in response to that, we will render our lives in service to him. Am I willing to give myself to Christ in service? One day at a time? One moment at a time? One deed at a time? It's more than going through the motions of Christianity. It is living a life of God-likeness. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 22 He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Most of us in this room this day are Christians. Most of us have been, many of us have been in this. Christians for many, many years. Praise God. May we take from this lesson today the genuine challenge of Christianity. Giving my life to the Lord in serving others at every privilege and opportunity that is presented to me. Just as Jesus did for me and for you. If you're not yet a Christian, you need to appreciate The greatest thing Jesus ever did for you as an individual is to go to Calvary's cross and shed his blood for your sins so that you could be saved. He was buried in that tomb, risen from that tomb to walk in newness of life and go to heaven. If you're not yet a child of God, because you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you're willing to repent of your sins, confess his deity, be baptized in that water, rising to walk a new life, a child of God, ready to go to heaven. Maybe you're ready to do those things right now. Or maybe you've done some things times in the past but wandered away. Jesus still loves you. He cares for you. He wants to serve you by remitting those sins and washing them away if you will repent of those sins and confess them. And we'll pray for you. If you're a subject to invitation, let it be known by coming to the front of us together. We stand and sing the song.